It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is the head women's soccer coach at Belmont Abbey College. Mike Lynch enters his 12th season coaching the Crusaders. He's their all-time wins leader with a record of 131 wins, 60 losses, and 21 ties. Overall, he has over three decades of coaching experience, including 15 years at the collegiate level uh, prior to coming to Belmont Abbey. Uh, Mike coached at all levels of collegiate soccer, Division Three, Division Two. And also was an assistant at the United States Air Force Academy, a D1 school where he also played collegiate soccer. Here to talk a little bit about football and also about the faith that drives him to be the man he is today is head coach Mike Lynch. Mike, so great to have you on. Great to be here, Ron. I appreciate it. So tell us this uh, this joy, this passion, this love for the game of soccer. Uh, where did it start in you? I know you succeeded at the collegiate level, but uh, it had to go back to your time being a young boy uh, growing up. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I was one of those kids that was a, a football, basketball, baseball kid growing up, kind of the typical American sports nut. And, uh, and my dad was in the military. So when you bounced around, it was really sports that, that, uh, introduced you to immediate friends, immediate groups to, to hang out with and that kind of stuff and keep you out of trouble. And so, uh, but our, my dad, uh, our family moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, Nellis Air Force Base in the mid-70s, and I was just really, really lucky in that uh, all of a sudden I kind of discovered this thing called soccer where they, they don't use their hands, and I was just fascinated from, from the get-go. And I, um, what I think was unique for me, at least uh, maybe, but uh, I had world-class ex-professional coaches as my first picture of what good looks like. Mm-hmm. And so technically I never had to unlearn you know bad habits and those kinds of things, but I I was really, really lucky, and then I had a, I had a, a coach that came from England. Mm-hmm. He was actually my social studies teacher and the track coach, and for workouts we would play soccer. And so I got a chance to see, you know, the way the English play, which is, you know, hitting balls and bending balls and, you know, great in the air and all that kind of stuff. And then my youth coach was a, an ex-professional out of uh, South America from Argentina, Oscar Ferreira, and he, he again, uh, would be the, the epitome of just, ball control and possession and those kinds of things. And so just right out of the gate, I got two really good pictures. It was right there when the 78 World Cup uh, was going on, and and I just uh, became a a lover of the game ever since. Yeah, you got an international flavor, so to speak, uh, learning the game. And you grew up as a military brat. You lived all over the United States. uh, You had to adapt. There's not much stability. So how did you adapt to uh, uh, life in general, but also the game of soccer? Yeah, so, you know, sports was that key. And so, you know, that gave you that immediate uh, friend group. And so that always, that always helped. And then, you know, the military bases, I tell you, um, uh, it's not true maybe the exact same in all the different branches, but certainly within the Air Force, they really put a high priority on having a lot of great uh, uh, facilities and, and for things to do. And, and that's what, you know, I always found that uh, we were just always uh, uh, had the opportunity to, to swim and play golf and, you know, just do, do all kinds of stuff. And so that that made it fun, as well as the youth sports on all the bases were, were always good. The, uh, um, you know, the soccer piece. Uh, you know, when I, we moved to Ohio, I then had a German coach, and uh, and again, you talk about the world's game and the passion for that. And so it's just I was just really really lucky because you know 
and in fact, the, my Argentine coach in Las Vegas, he he told me, he goes, hey, I know you're not ready to to hang up your boots and and be a coach, but you have to promise me that you'll give back to the game. And mm-hmm. I never forgot that. And I don't know if all uh, players get that same speech or he saw something in me, but all I know is that uh, that's you know, I just can't turn off the soccer bug, if you will. And uh, and so ever since uh, as I my playing days started to slow down, I I, I dove into. Blessed to play Ron Meyer, chatting today with Mike Lynch. He's the head women's soccer coach at Belmont Abbey College in Belmont, North Carolina. I happened to visit the uh, university. Beautiful campus. We actually had on the president of Belmont Abbey, Abbey College, Dr. Bill Thierfelder, who has an extensive track background, talks about virtue in sports, and Mike uh, uh, we'll talk about that as well later in the show. Now, Mike, you played your collegiate soccer. You served our country, too. Thank you for doing that at the Air Force Academy. Uh, High level of competition. So, talk about playing for the academy and and some of the uh, teams that you played. Some of the competitive environment that is D one soccer. Yeah, I was really lucky. Uh, I was recruited by Charlie Straw and Lou Sagastume, and uh, and part of the attraction was the coaches, just two two fantastic coaches and brilliant soccer minds. And so I knew that I could go there and continue to grow as a player. And I knew they would play great schedule. You know, they had the um, they were in a good conference and. The ability within you know Division One to be able to travel and play some 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 teams that I had just read about in you know Soccer Corner that was the magazine back then, and that that uh, pretty much uh, is how it turned out. When I remember my freshman year, we got to play University of San Francisco. I remember we played Cleveland State. I remember we played Evansville, um, and so we just every year we would be traveling and, and and being able to play you know some of the top teams around the country, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to you know play for a coach where I could really learn. And then really, you know, kind of see how we do against some of the top teams. We were never uh, equally matched, if you will, as mm-hmm. uh, say, you know, top teams in Division One. But we certainly were uh, tactically very, very sophisticated. Again, with uh, Coach Sagastume, he's brilliant, and so I always felt like uh, we had a chance to compete. Now you went on to serve our country after playing collegiate soccer. Did you have to take a break uh, from soccer when you served after your uh, college career? So, yeah, after you graduate from a service academy, you usually go right into active duty unless you're like a uh, on the, the professional, uh, identify as a professional future athlete. And so I was not in, in that category. But uh, so I went straight into active duty like all graduates would. Yeah. And I was assigned uh, um, back to Dayton, Ohio, which is where I went to high school. That was uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. So that was my first assignment. And I was working in project management. We were doing uh, research and development on different uh, aircraft and weapon systems. But I immediately jumped into the local soccer scene. Uh, having come from Dayton, I kind of knew knew everybody, so I, I immediately got a U19 uh, boys club team that I was coaching that uh, was really in the area of the high school that I went to. And then that led to an assistant coaching job at the high school, and then I was also doing Olympic Development Program, ODP. And so I, I was staying pretty busy and always in contact with uh, uh, my, 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 uh, my mentors, my coaches at Air Force, and then an opening came up at Air Force, and and, and Louis brought me back on staff, which was uh, which was just uh, an unbelievable opportunity for me. Well, let's talk about your time here at Belmont Abbey College. Uh, obviously, you've been there a long time, and you've been successful. And you have a, I don't want to say a unique philosophy, but it's one that's more than just making your girls better soccer players, but really developing their character, forming leaders, and that virtue in sports type of leadership. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? And obviously, it's been successful for you. Yeah, my, you know, even before I came to Belmont Abbey, that was kind of uh, my approach to the teams that I coached. Is I, I really wanted to make sure that I was, you know, in a case of a, of a college graduating, but really developing leaders of character 
and as well as competing for championships. And that both and philosophy, I, I really believe in. I think that uh, it's a responsibility as coaches that we have, and it, it I think it prepares our players to even be more competitive on mm-hmm. the playing field. And so that's always been a focus that uh, develop leaders of character and compete for championships. And when you come to a school like Belmont Abbey, I mean that's what we stand for. I mean we're absolutely a both end university. Uh, sport and virtue is is something that we talk about, we live, we breathe. It's just really, really important that we we compete, but we also compete in the right way. Now, you attended a Fellowship of Christian Athletes soccer camp in high school that opened your awareness to faith and sport and sport virtue. So this this happened early on. This is like this is not a new thing as you entered your adult years. Correct, absolutely. And and I tell you, what a, 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 a uh, I was very fortunate because I just went to the camp. It was in Dayton, Ohio, at Dayton Christian High School, and uh, and I, I was at Fairborn Baker High School, and so. I just went there because I saw that it was a good soccer camp with good coaches. And when I got there, they, you know, it was a fellowship of Christian athletes soccer camp. And they had this, you know, this thing they called huddle where they would, you know, introduce scripture and talk about scripture and how it relates to your life as well as uh, on the field. And I was just, I was amazed. Uh, I still have my paper notes that I took from those huddle each, you know, morning of each camp. When I was in college, I referred to those notes uh, before every game was part of my ritual and pregame preparation. And I really did, it did really plant a seed in me in just, uh, um, you know, not only in the uh, uh, the faith piece of it, where you can really integrate your faith. I, I was a cradle Catholic, and, and, and certainly, we, you know, we go to Mass on Sundays and those kinds of things. I had never thought about just that it, it should be part of everything I do. And, uh, and so I, I really um, am thankful for that uh, exposure at that FCA camp because it really made me um, reconnect with my faith on a different level and uh, and really take it into my sport life as well. And so I was, I was really appreciative of that. Now, taking that faith and all those principles that we talked about initially and, and putting that in a competitive collegiate environment, is that challenging or do you think that uh, gives you a an advantage over some others who probably don't have that perspective? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, you know here at Belmont Abbey it's it's really easy because it's just what we do it's it's part of our everyday life so we don't even we don't even think about it it's just it, involved in everything we do but but uh, at other places it would be something that you would have to be very deliberate about and and probably have to be kind of careful because of mm-hmm. you know some of the um, rules and regulations at, at schools on on whether you can bring your faith into uh, you know into your position but but I tell you I, I do think it can be very very powerful from a, you know if you want to be from a selfish athletic point of view I think. Uh, um, it's a great platform, a great foundation, because you know the players, they uh, you know they, they don't identify you know the, you know if you will, soccer isn't their god. They, they're not identified as just a soccer player. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you come from that perspective, that's very different, and it means that you know, you're taking a lot of pressure off them. It means that uh, that you know the world uh, doesn't revolve around them. And so they, you know, now they can be selfless toward their teammates, you know, and and they want to be that way because that's just the, that's their their worldview, if you will, their, or their prism that they're looking at the game through. And so, like here at Belmont Abbey, we're just very fortunate. We're very deliberate in our recruiting and the kind of kids that we're bringing in. But uh, once you have those kids and you're trying to get them all to row in the same direction, it's pretty easy, um, especially when they come from a, a you know either a faith foundation or a high character foundation, um, either, either one of those is going to make it just a, a, you know, a, a, a situation that's going to be a more fun to coach as well as I think a more uh, you can improve even at a faster rate. 
During Mike Lynch's tenure, the team went to three straight NC2A tournaments, advancing to the round of 32 in 2012 and the Sweet 16 in 2013. In 2015, the team went undefeated 11-0 in conference play to win the regular season championship. When we come back to Blessed to Play, we'll talk to Coach Mike Lynch about what makes him the faithful man that he is when Blessed to Play returns after this. A prayer for the holy souls in purgatory. God, our Creator and Redeemer, by your power, Christ conquered death and returned to you in glory. May all your people who have gone before us in faith share his victory and enjoy the vision of your glory forever. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Coach Mike Lynch, the head women's soccer coach at Belmont Abbey College in Belmont, North Carolina, Division II program. Mike has uh, been there. He's going to be entering his 12th season and has done quite well, 131 wins, and uh, has been to the NCAA uh, tournament and uh, keeps on going, as they say. His love and passion for uh, coaching is pretty apparent. Mike, I want to pick it up as far as on the virtue side of it, and there's so many lessons and parallels from sport that could be carried over to everyday life, but you say, do not be afraid, learn from the past, live in the present moment, plan for the future. Why don't you expound on that? They, you know, um, Pope John Paul II was the first that I remember just seeing, you know, that quoted a lot, you know, from the Bible, supposedly, I think it's... Uh, it comes up 365 times, pretty coincidental. Mm-hmm. But do not be afraid, and it's uh, uh, because again, that there's you know we, we already know we already know the end game, <laughs> and so you know let's just uh, let's live in the present moment and uh, learn from our from our past and, and plan for the future. But we don't we don't need to be afraid, and because uh, we're all we're all children of God, and we have our faith, and we know that there's something bigger after this, and and so you know after our time on earth, and and so. Um, right now, let's just uh, take each one day at a time, take each one game at a time. Let's try to be the very best uh, version of ourselves. Those are the kinds of things that we, we constantly are talking about in our program. And uh, and when you, you come from a perspective of courage, of, of fortitude, the virtue of fortitude, then uh, certainly do not be afraid. Yeah, indeed. And I like that notion of live in the present moment because you really can't control the past and you don't know what the future brings, but you can control what's in your present moment. And certainly with sports, that actually helps keep you uh, focused indeed. Embracing adversity. Now, I know when I played competitive at, uh, sports, there was a lot of adversity. I was a baseball player, and I always tell people, if you hit 300, that means you failed 7 out of 10 times at the plate. So you go back to the dugout dejected 70% of the time, if you're a good hitter, that is. Um, and there's a lot of adversity in sports, uh, injury and uh, losing and not being the best on a given day. And I'm sure coaching uh, 50 girls in your program, some are not doing good. Others are doing good at a certain time. So you're always dealing with that. Well, why don't you talk about it, embracing adver- adversity and what virtue could help us uh, actually embrace that? Yeah, we have a saying in our program that you know, the journey is the reward. And a big part of that is the struggle. You know, there's really it's really hard to uh, <clears throat> to 
to get improvement without the struggle. It's kind of like a, a, a diamond is just a rock until it's under under pressure, under fire. And so, you know, we, we don't wish adversity upon anybody, but we will embrace it. And we do recognize that we'll probably be better coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like that old saying, it's not what happens to us, it's what we do with what happens to us. And we're trying to then, you know, keep that mindset as, as you know, whether it's player selection or it's injuries or, um, you know, school, uh, you know, academics are loading up. Sometimes tests aren't going as, exactly as we had planned. But uh, so we just we just embrace it. We embrace it and uh, continue to to look forward. You know, not look backward. We just learn from the past, but keep our eyes forward. And as you mentioned before, live in that present moment. Dr. Thierfelder talks about that a lot. But he loves he loves uh, connecting with the teams and and uh, his background is is is, is so rich with uh, with sports and performance. And he'll talk mm-hmm. about that present moment. Not only is it where the zone and, and where you're in flow and where you you know you're going to be at peak performance, but he will even make the argument that that's you know present moment is where you're in the presence of God, where there's no past, there's no future. You're just totally and completely uh, engulfed in the present moment. And uh, and he would say that's you know probably uh, if it's if it's not heaven on earth, it's as close to heaven on earth as you can find. And it's uh, and so that's where in our program we know that uh, there's going to be games that we should have won and we don't, or games that. Uh, uh, we did win that maybe we shouldn't have, and, and we're not playing as well as we should have, but we just keep trying to get better each day, get better each game, and, and support each other along the way. Let's to play Ron Meyer once again chatting with head coach Mike Lynch, the head women's soccer coach at Belmont Abbey College. Mike, I want to talk about uh, humble in victory, gracious in defeat, and, and also confidence mixed in with that because I think that we see a lot of self-aggrandizing behavior at the professional level, and it, it, sometimes confidence is misconstrued with you know, pompous actions, but it's really not. Uh, you could be confident and also be humble. Wouldn't you say that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I would argue that even your highest performance is when you are humble versus, and you're in joy versus you are uh, trash talking or you're, you know, really, um, um, you know, not showing very good sporting behavior. And so, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, in our program, there are things that uh, that we could do that would probably help us win games, but it's not sporting behavior. It's not uh, it's not approaching the game the way that uh, it was intended. And so, what that does is it forces us to be better in all the other situations. And because we're not gonna we're not gonna try to cut corners, and so we just gotta make sure our, our defensive shape is good. Make sure that that uh, you know we we're making the runs and those kinds of things. And so, it's just really really uh, um, I think important that. We, you know, we keep that um, um, we keep our head about us, and that uh, we keep supporting each other, and that again we play in a sporting way. You know, we we had talked about that humility and victory and, and gracious and defeat. You know, I, I um, and that, you know before the match, I want our opponent at their very best. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to do anything that that would prevent them from giving us their best performance, because otherwise they're cheating us out of our best performance. And so uh, here at Belmont Abbey, we don't have gamesmanship. We don't. We don't do those kinds of things, and so because we want that our opponent to be at the best. So, um, hopefully, again, they're finding it a very hospitable environment, and that sportsmanship and ethics always is, is kind of our tagline. You know, we're humble in victory, we're gracious in defeat, but we're sporting and, and ethical always in, in everything we do, uh, and that's kind of how we we try to try to keep it that way. 
So I would venture to say that a Belmont Abbey club would have the fewest red cards in the conference. Am I correct? <laughs> I'm correct. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> we may not be the one with the lowest, but we're usually right at the top, if not at the top, which is unusual. It's very unusual. In fact, there's an award called the Pinnacle Award uh-huh. and uh, United Soccer Coaches, which is our professional coaching association. And that award, which just started um, um, 2018, I think, was the first year that they actually had it. But it recognizes team academic performance, which means your your team has to have a GPA average over 3.0 for both semesters. You had to had to have earned the team ethics and sportsmanship award, which means you had zero red cards and you had uh, yellow cards that were less than 50% of your games. But then you also had to have a winning percentage over 0.750, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. And when you have a winning percentage, you know, over 0.750, that means you know, you're in a lot of tough games. You're in games where people probably want to kick you. <laughs> and so they, uh, you know, and then now you have to keep your composure. And so it's uh, that award, uh, it's usually a very, very select group. We won it in uh, in 2018, the inaugural year. Um, since then, we've met all the criteria except the win percentage. And so we were close, but not, not quite 0.750. And so it, it usually by the time they, 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 you determine who the winners are, it's less than 1%. It's actually about 0.1% of mm-hmm. all the college teams in the country. Oh, nice. Congrats to that. And that's a great award, great achievement, especially in the field of virtue. Mike, talk about your work for the United Soccer Coaches Chair. I know it's a faith-based coaches organization or membership group, but uh, you spearhead that. Talk about your work with that organization. So faith-based coaches within United Soccer Coaches um, is one of their advocacy groups. So they created advocacy groups of, of you know either who you coach or who you kind of represent. And so they have to have the Black Coaches Association, the Latin American, you know, the Latin Coaches Association. They have uh, the Disabilities Group. They have the LGBTQ Group. And so it's just, you know, different groups on, on where, where coaches may identify with and then they've created these advocacy groups. So faith-based coaches, you know, we're here to serve, and that's kind of, uh, you know, we're here to pour into our athletes and to pour into each other as, as coaches in this faith journey that we have. And so uh, um, anything that uh, where our faith informs our coaching, that's kind of on the docket for us, and uh, and it's exciting. We'll do, we'll have, uh, uh, usually about every other month, we'll have uh, a Zoom call, kind of a webinar, and it'll be on a different topic, and where, it's, again, it's a technical, tactical topic, if you will, but then also a piece on there that uh, has to do with the faith and, uh, and you know, and <clears throat> the ability for the, you know, the, the players to feel very, very strong and confident in those kinds of things. And so it's, uh, it's a blessing within our coach association. They allow us to do that, and so um, we're very excited about it. Mike, I want to talk about recruiting, and uh, many uh, athletes coming out of high school when they go to college, at least some, uh, say, uh, you know, probably I don't want to play sports because I'll be missing out on the collegiate life. And, you know, sports is going to be so demanding and I won't get the total college experience. What say you to that? Um, You know, I would say that uh, in some cases at some schools that may be the case, but hopefully you can find a school where that's not the case. I really, really believe that here in the United States where sports are part of our co-curricular education that it's, it's really, really valuable. It's an experience that isn't duplicated around the world. I think it's a competitive advantage even you know, from a national perspective. Now, Mike, I want to talk about Proverbs 22.6. I know this is entrenched in your coaching philosophy where it says train up a child and you would insert the word player in the way they should go and the way they are old, they will not depart from it. 
And you say you're in the business of forming lives through sport. Without character formation, we failed as coaches, in your opinion. So this is just this is more than sport for you. This is building character, building leaders. And I'm sure you have great stories of girls who've graduated from Belmont Abbey and also from your soccer program that have went on to be uh, great leaders, mothers uh, in the in the professional world, and all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, as coaches, we probably shouldn't uh, um, assess our season until 20 years after it's over, and that's really what matters. And so, yes, the wins and losses and ties and those kinds of things are, are there, but um, 10, 15, 20 years later, when, as you mentioned, they're you know, their moms, their wives, their doctors, their lawyers, their teachers, their librarians, you know, and we've had them all. And it's it really, it, that's that's the big joy. When the, when the alums, the former players, when they come back and you see where they're at. So, Mike, what's the future for you? You've been going at this a long time. You've been entrenched in soccer for a, a large part of your life and your passion. Uh, I could hear it in your voice. It's still burning. Uh, you're going to go on with coaching for a few more years or what's the plan? Yeah, my wife keeps asking me, when are we going to retire? <laughs> and I keep saying, well, you know, at least 10 more years. I mean, I'm, I'm having way too much fun. I get to wear shorts to work. And so, I, um, I you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I still have my health. And, yeah. and you know, Belmont Abbey still wants to, to give me a job. And so I uh, I plan to, to keep after it. You know, we, um, you know, every every day we come in and we're talking about how, how can we get better? How can we get better? And I, I still love watching the high-level games on the weekends on TV and looking at what they're doing and going to the conventions and listening to other coaches and, and grabbing ideas and stealing ideas. And so as long as, as my mind continues to go in that direction, I think uh, um, I'll continue to, uh, uh, to be a coach. You know, I, my, we're empty nesters now, and so our, our kids are, um, are out of the house. They're out, you know, they're out of school, and so... Um, but they, but they, I would think if, if uh, grandchildren start entering the picture, they'll start changing, <laughs> and so then I'll say, okay, I need more time off. And uh, but, uh, but right now, uh, I, I plan on uh, continuing to coach uh, for as long as I can. Well, Mike Lynch has been our guest doing a great job right there in Belmont, North Carolina, head coach of the Crusaders women's soccer team and also implementing faith and sports virtue, and uh, which is really great because the girls in this program are going to get much more than just learning the skills needed to play at the collegiate level. Mike, thanks so much for the time. I do appreciate it, learning about your background in sports, but also your philosophy of coaching, which is uh, spot on as far as I'm concerned. And thank you for joining us right here on Blessed to Play. Ron, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For head coach Mike Lynch, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.